If you can understand and grasp a hold to the fact that Jesus is our hope of glory, it will change how you view everything in life. Everything. For joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother and sister, you need the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. My name is Stephanie Bronner, and I stand before you today to offer to you the hope of glory. For you to have hope in the midst of despair, for you to understand that God hasn't left you, He is still at that same place. Where you feel like he left off. I believe it was you who turned and walked to do your own will instead of the will of God. He is still at that same place. So if you're feeling like you're in despair, don't turn that channel. If you feel like Job, if you feel like Joseph, if you feel like Daniel, if you feel like David, all of these men of God in the Bible had hope problems because life will deal you some issues. If you feel like them, stay right there because I've got a word of hope from the hope of glory. Amen. We're in the book of Job today, chapter 9, and we will be talking about Jesus and the hope of glory. But during the Old Testament, these individuals did not have our hope of glory. They did not have the hope to know that life after death even existed. What they went through was almost perilous times, even though they knew God, even though they believed God was going to be their strength, their strong tower, and that God had a special place for them, there was no Jesus at that time. So when they faced death, it was a whole nother story. It was not the same as when we face death today. We have hope. We know there is another place where Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am there, you may be also. But during the time of the Old Testament, they didn't have that. So when Joseph went through all his issues with his family, when his family turned their backs on him and put him into slavery, and when he was in the jail, and when he was dealing with the issues of his heart, when he faced the the uncertain knowledge that he was going to die at the hand of the king because he was in the jail, that he was going to die in the jail, when he spoke the dream and interp- I'm sorry, when he interpreted the, the dream of the baker and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the butler, praise God, thank you. He was telling them that they had uncertain death. So when this, when this interpretation came forward, can you imagine how you can feel knowing that your fate is death? But you have no hope of knowing that there's life after death? So in the book of Job, I was listening to the audio daily, the daily audio Bible. That is something that everybody can take part in. It has really blessed my life. It allows me to get the word of God in the midst of what I'm doing. And I listen to it on my iPhone. And if you're interested in going there, it is um, the daily audio Bible dot com. And it is a wonderful, wonderful resource to allow you to get the word of God daily. And I was listening while I was on my treadmill doing my workout, and it it, it has wonderful soft music in the background. And as he was reading the book of Job, this particular chapter, he reads it in different translations. And in this particular week, he was on in the Message Bible. And the Message Bible makes it really, really clear 
It is almost like talking to your neighbor about an issue you've got on the inside or in your heart. And it reads really, really clear. So chapter 9, starting at verse 32. My Bible is the King James Version, and I believe many of the Bibles in the church are the King James Version. So I will read to you that first, and then I'll proceed to clearer translations. Job chapter 9, verse 32. For he is not a man as I am that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. Let him take his rod away from me and let not his fear terrify me. Then would I speak and not fear him, but it is not so with me. The New International Version reads it as follows. He is not a man like me. He's speaking about God. This is Job talking about God. He is not a man like me that I might answer him, that we might confront each other in court. If only there was someone to arbitrate between us, to lay his hand upon us both, someone to remove God's rod from me so that his terror would frighten me no more. Then I would speak up without fear of him. But as it is now, as it stands with me now, I cannot. And on this particular day, which was August the 23rd, this is the, the message Bible, the way it reads. It's very plain. God and I are not equals. I can't bring a case against him. We'll never enter a courtroom as peers. How I wish we had an arbitrator to step in and let, and let me get on with this life. To break God's death grip on me. To free me from this terror so I could breathe again. Then I'd speak up and state my case boldly. As things stand... There is no way I can do it. When I I had to stop the treadmill, how many of you know when you're running on the treadmill really fast, it's not easy to just get happy when something's moving and you want to stop and jump up and down. I had to put my feet on the side and then jump up and I ran and I began to praise Jesus because his very wish is our salvation. I live in a time and you live in a time when we don't have to be afraid to go before the throne of grace because we have an arbitrator. Jesus is our arbitrator. But in this day and time, it is difficult for us to understand that we have hope, hope that does not cease, hope that is there forever and a day because Jesus is our hope of glory. No matter what you get in the mail about a bill that needs to be paid, about your house note, about your rent needs to be, your car note, your job, a pink slip, it makes no matter. Jesus is your arbitrator. He stands at the door of every situation and he can plead your case before God to let the father know this is your child. They have been bought with a price. They have been pleaded the blood of Jesus over and nothing can come against them. I command in the name of Jesus, in my name, that the angels go down and assist them in this situation. Pick them up and bring them out of their tears. These are the benefits of being blood-bought Christians. But during the Old Testament, they didn't have this hope. Can you imagine... Being David, 
the son of a wonderful, prosperous man, being a sheep herder, very humble, being called from the field to go to the king's palace because the king wanted him to play the harp. The king wanted him to remove this evil spirit from him. It was an honor. But while David is in the palace thinking, oh, yeah, I got him made. He's sitting, doing nothing to harm anybody. And all of a sudden, a spear comes at his head and he has to dodge for his life. I'm sure he stepped aside and said, what in the world just happened? Was I playing that bad? What in the world? All because... The devil had a trap set. The Bible says that an evil spirit of the Lord entered Saul. See, when God has a plan for you, you may not understand. See, God wanted David to be in Saul's place. But in order for that to happen, God took took David through some things. But in the midst of that, he couldn't see that he was going to be in the lineage of Jesus. He couldn't see that his seed was blessed. All he could see was, I'm in trouble. I got the king after me. I got all his army seeking out my head, living in caves, ducking and dodging, not knowing where your next meal is going to come from because you're running from the head of the land. Can you imagine the fear and the destitution and how he's down? I have here, if you will turn, if you can get there quickly to Psalms. Chapter three, verses one through eight. This is what this is what King David said. Now, this is a king, but this is before he knew he was a king. Chapter three, verse one, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son, Lord. Now, this is when he fled from his son, Absalom. This isn't even when he was dealing with the king. I want you to see the despair that is in the heart of a man who has no hope after death. Their their lives Ended according to them at death. He was fleeting from his son Absalom. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory. Now at that time, God was his glory. We got Jesus, which is the son of God, is our hope of glory. And the lifter up of mine head. I laid me down and slept. I awake for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Can you imagine? This is a man who is fearing and fretful for his life because he has no hope. We have hope. Every night that you lay your head down, you are not laying down alone. Jesus is right there just waiting. At that point when you walked away, at that place when you picked up your wheel and continued to do what you wanted to do, He is at that place that you need to go back to and lay your will back down and receive Jesus again into your heart so he can direct and lead you. We are full of hope. We don't need to be in despair. The devil wants us so bad not to realize that we are at an echelon where we never 
have to worry. He says, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things, all of your needs will be provided according to his riches and glory. You don't have to worry, even though, yes, you think you're going to get put out tomorrow. Trust Jesus. He's going to send that mighty, mighty blessing, that miracle right away. But you have to trust him. David had to trust him. David was homeless. Do y'all realize that David was homeless? But he became a king because he never lost faith in God. Even though he may have prayed those desperate prayers, he never lost faith in God. When Joseph was in jail and when Joseph was being persecuted for something he did not even do, he was faithful unto God. He was faithful unto everything he did and he was rewarded. There is a reward in being faithful. When you're faithful over few, he will make you ruler over many. You have to continue to trust God. We are full of hope. Everybody look at your name and tell them, Jesus is our hope of glory. Can you imagine that when Joseph was being betrayed by his family, his brothers, now he's thinking he's going out as I used to do when I was little and spy. He's thinking he's just going to bring back a report to his father. But they saw him afar off and schemed to put him to death. It was one brother who acted in the place of Jesus. Reuben said, let us not slay him. Even though he didn't say, let's take him back home. (laughs) He kept him from death. We have Jesus as our arbitrator. Even when we don't know what's going on, if you leave your life in the hand of Jesus, it will be all right. If we are able to just grasp this understanding that Jesus is our hope of glory, when you get on your knees to pray at night, there is nothing that can come against the blood of Jesus and not have to concede. It has to step down. Plead the blood of Jesus over your life every time you feel your heart getting weary. Let him see that you are truly trusting in him. And he is faithful to always come and save you. If you can understand and grasp a hold to the fact that Jesus is our hope of glory, it will change how you view everything in life. Everything. Nothing can come against the wall of Jesus. Nothing. Realizing that Jesus not only died on the cross for our sins, but when he died, he had a purpose. The purpose was to go to hell and take the keys back from the man, Adam, that the devil took. The man, Jesus, became our sin. He became what we were. But now we can boldly walk to the throne of grace. I don't have to have a priest. And, I, you know, I pray that sometimes and tears will just run down my face because there was once a time when everybody thought, I can't go before God. I can't go before him. I'm just a filthy rag, which we are. But with the blood of Jesus, you can go before him and plead every case. Not only your case, but the cases of people around you. God is just... Oh, I just love him so much. I've known him all the days of my life and I have never seen him fail me yet. And I don't even want to say yet. He has never failed me. 
never failed me. Even in the times when I thought my prayers were not going to be answered. They weren't answered that day. They weren't answered that year. But I have seen every single prayer that I have prayed answered. I am a living witness. This young man on the front row is a prayer answered. All because I believed and trusted God. It's said in his word, if I can believe in my heart that he is faithful to give me my prayers. Y'all, we are we live in a blessed time. Even though they're saying it is a recession, I've heard someone say, and I said, I'm going to adopt that phrase. I choose not to be in the recession. I'm not in a recession. I'm finding that the Lord is blessing us left and right because my faith is not in the world. My faith is not in the Dow Jones. It is not in the stock market. Even though I I like the stock market, it is not. My faith is not in the stock market. Because I know my source and I know where my help comes from. We are the product of hope. You are hope. Look at your neighbor and say, you are hope. There is no reason to despair. Trust God. The hope of glory. Jesus is our hope of glory. If you haven't already gathered it, that's the topic for today. Jesus is our hope of glory. Jesus is our hope of glory. Everything you need is in the name of Jesus. Everything you need is in the name of Jesus. Martin Luther King has a a quote that I I saw and it it, it just really touched me. If you lose hope, now this is in the midst of his speech and we hear it all the time, but it, it just grabbed me when I saw it, when I was looking for quotes to tell you about hope. So that you can take something with you. He says, if you lose hope, somehow you lose the vitality that keeps life moving. You lose that courage to be. That quality that helps you go in spite of it all. And so today, I still have a dream. Martin Luther King even knew then. Now that was worse than today. Ooh, just gave me a chill thinking about it. We have so many more freedoms, so many more rights, so many more advantages, so many more laws that are in our favor. We have to take advantage of what, is God, what God has given us. And everything you believe, believe it in the hope of glory, in the name of Jesus. Call on him. I am not afraid to call on him. He wants us to call on him. He is our hope of glory. He is our hope of glory. So if you see that your life is taking you on a road like Esther, when she was dealing with all her issues and feeling like she had no one to redeem her or save her in the midst of whatever, she felt like nobody could help her. She had a mandate out against her life. This is a time when we don't have to think like Esther. We have hope. We don't have to be running from Naaman. We don't have to run from the king. We don't have to run from President Obama. We have Jesus as our hope of glory. In every situation. Think back on people who've had issues that have insurmountable problems. Those people in the Old Testament did not have our Jesus. 
and we have Jesus. So look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is our hope of glory. This has been on my heart for a very long time because I tend to go astray myself. I find myself, we have an area in our bedroom that is, we call it our throne room. I find myself on my face, on my knees, feeling like I'm in despair. But before I can get up off my knees, I hear Jesus speaking to me. I am your hope. You don't have to worry about anything in this world. We, me and my daddy, we hold it just like this. Why are you fretful? Why do you fear? I have your destiny in my hands. I get up. And I continue my day, and before nightfall, I'm right back in that spot. But I have found that over these past 10 years, I don't, I don't always follow. My husband can tell you, I used to be crying a lot. That has changed because Jesus is my hope. He is my everything. I don't, I don't rely on me anymore. It's not about what I can do. It's not about what, what my plans are. He tells me. He leads me. He guides me. And it is amazing the things that have transpired just from me trusting him. Trusting him with my whole heart because I know nothing in this world. The wiser I get, as James tells me all the time, the wiser I get, the more dumb I realize I am. I know that Jesus has to guide me. We know he is our hope. No matter what you're going through, no matter the problem, it is not too big for our gigantic God. He knows all, sees all, is all, is everywhere. And if he can control the demon that was bothering Saul, how many of you know he can control the demons that are bothering you? Rely on him. And he will remove the yoke that is on your neck. He will destroy the burdens that bear you down. The shackles that hold you in bondage you don't have to have. He is our hope of glory. Forever our hope of glory. I'm almost out of time. And I would like to invite you to go to airjesus.com. If you have liked the message you've heard and you feel that there's somebody you know who needs to have some encouragement, who needs to realize that Jesus is their hope of glory. Please go to airjesus.com and search for message 6294. It has been a pleasure to speak to you today about the hope of God, the hope of Jesus. Jesus is our hope of glory. Please tune in again, and we're thankful that you joined us because, brother and sister, you need the word. This ends message number 6272 by Jason Thomas. To hear other messages or to send this message number 6272 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6272. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.